Hey there, and welcome to the devotional. I'm Walter, the dyslexic bilingual hillbilly and pastor of the Rhine River Baptist Church. Today is Thursday, September 7th, 2023, and today is our 207th devotional. And today we're looking at Ephraim and Manasseh. And I think it's interesting just even the simple fact that I say and worded Ephraim and Manasseh the way they're always referred to or most often referred to in Scripture. Um, Manasseh is the oldest and Ephraim is the younger. Uh, what do, why did these two brothers uh, get what they got? Um, they're the sons of Joseph and and so we'll take a quick look at them. Uh, won't be able to dive in as deep as I would like, but um, we'll get started here. We're looking at Genesis chapter 48, verse 17. It says this, And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him, and he held up his father's hand and removed it. For Ephraim's, uh, from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. Uh, the story goes on that uh he tells Jacob, you've got your hands on the wrong head. And Jacob says, I know I do. And he puts them back the way it was. And he gives Ephraim the better blessing than Manasseh had. So what's going on with these two brothers? Obviously, they're the sons of Joseph. And uh, they were um, born to Joseph while he was uh, when he had just become prime minister of Egypt, he still didn't have contact with his family. And Manasseh, the first one being born, Joseph's firstborn, uh, means forgetting. And it's a, an interesting thing that, that he would name him forgetting. Did Joseph forget his family? Uh, I don't think that was it. I think um, Ephraim helped him forget his suffering. The suffering that he'd suffered under his brothers, the suffering of prison, the suffering that had gone on. He ignored that. He forgot about that. And that made him ready for Ephraim. Ephraim, the second born, means fruitful. God made him fruitful even in his captivity. And when we will forget our past, the suffering of our past, it helps us to move into a fruitful time. If we dwell on the suffering, it makes us bitter. And that bitterness will seep into every area of our lives. The Bible says it defiles many when we're bitter. So um, Joseph, his two sons, helped him get past his um, the suffering, remembering that suffering. It, it helped him to forget the suffering. And honestly, when you play with a child, when you're uh, interacting with a child, it really does help you to forget suffering. It helps you to forget bad things. Um, but when you're all on your own and um, just dwelling on your past, uh, that's a terrible place to be. So um, Manasseh and Ephraim helped Jacob or helped Joseph to move forward. Um, Jacob took these two sons, though, and he put them into the place uh, of his own sons. And it's as if Jacob realized that uh, if I remove um, Joseph, I have to put someone in his place. And if I remove one of the other sons, which um, the other son that 
oftentimes gets overlooked and forgotten is Simeon because he was put into uh, his inheritance was in uh, Judah's and he just gets forgotten oftentimes. Um, not all the time, but sometimes he forget, he gets forgotten. But uh, here you've got two tribes being put in uh, where um, Jacob is taking has taken out Joseph. Um, and it's interesting that Joseph becomes the one who receives um, the eldest blessing. He gets the double portion, you might say. And even Manasseh gets a double portion. He gets a portion on one side of the Jordan and on the other side. The only tribe to have that was Manasseh's tribe. So, uh, But it shows, though, this theme that you see going through the Bible uh, of God's Word where it seems like the second son gets the better blessing oftentimes. Uh, we see that with Isaac and Ishmael. You see it with Jacob and Esau. You see it with Joseph and his brothers. You see it with David and his brothers. And then lastly, lastly you see it with Jesus and Adam. Uh, Adam, he was uh, our father. He was our the, the one that started the race. And what happened with him? Well, um, because he was... Um, thinking temporal. He was only thinking of himself, uh, wanting to eat the fruit. And not only that, when I see Adam uh, taking the fruit, uh, he let his wife taste it first. Is it really going to kill her? Uh, I've often thought that was odd, that he let her taste it first, and then he ate it. And then the Bible says, it, it doesn't say that she sinned, it says that he sinned. And um, so it raises some questions there as to whether uh, Eve really sinned. She was deceived. Adam chose to sin. But because of that, um, now sin has fallen on to all of us. And so Jesus, the second Adam, has, has come in. And instead of doing his own thing and thinking temporal, uh, you know, you could look at the temptation that he had from uh, Satan um, and, and how that Satan offered him all this stuff. Um, bread for the moment, uh, and he turned it down. Uh, he offered him all the kingdoms of the world at the moment, and he turned them down. He offered um, that the people would worship him in the moment if he would cast himself down. And, and what did Jesus keep saying? It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Uh, it is written, you shall worship God and him alone. So all these different things that you see with, with Jesus, Adam failed in his temptation. Jesus was successful. He got past it. And because of that, now Jesus is able to offer us righteousness as well. Um, we find in, in uh, John chapter 8, verse 29, it says this, and he said, this is Jesus speaking here, he, it says, and he said, that and he that sent me is with me the father um, hath not left me alone for i do always those things that please him uh, jesus was always looking to please the father that's the right thing for us to do is glorify god that's what the bible tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, Jesus, the second Adam, made the way, though, for us because that pleased the Father. Now, uh, 
having looked at all of that, what can we learn from Ephraim and Manasseh back to them? Well, just a few things that we can learn. Uh, first, there's a time when we need to forget the past and move towards the future. Paul states this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. He says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Um, Paul was, uh, he could have dwelt on the things that uh, he had persecuted the church. He had uh, stand, stood by while Stephen was being stoned and been consenting to that. He could have thought about all those things, um, but he didn't. He pressed towards the mark. Uh, he couldn't change the past, but he could change the future. Uh, when he would dwell on the past, if he would have, it would have made it so much more difficult to move forward. So we can see from Paul's life here, we need to, there are times that we need to forget the past. Um, we can also see from uh, Ephraim's name, we, God wants us to be fruitful. In John chapter 15, verse 4, it says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. Uh, if we will get close to Christ and just abide in him. Uh, what does it mean to abide in him? Well, that he lives in us, that we live in him, that we, uh, the decisions that we make are uh, what we have run them by him first. Um, we abide in his word. We spend time in his word. Um, that's part of what it means. That's not all of what it means, but uh, abiding in him, choosing to dwell with him. Uh, that's part of what that means there. He wants us to be fruitful. And then as we look on down to John chapter 15, verse 8, we, we see that um, it says, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Um, this is what uh, following Christ will do for us. It will make it where we are fruitful in our lives, and not just fruitful a little bit, but bearing much fruit when we abide in Him. Uh, he wants us to be successful more than we want to be successful. And I think oftentimes the problem that we have is that our idea of success and God's idea of success do not match up. And so that's where we need to change the way we think and abide in him and abide in his way of thinking that even if I give up my life, uh, he will make it fruitful. Because like Jesus said, when you plant a corn, uh, a seed of corn in the ground, it doesn't bring forth fruit except it die. And then he goes on to explain that he had to die to bring forth fruit. And Jesus tells us if we're willing to give up our lives, we'll gain our lives. We'll be fruitful that way. So I hope that's a help to you. I hope you can see through Ephraim and Manasseh, these two uh, characters of the Old Testament, that they didn't do a whole lot, but they were blessed. And the way that God blessed them uh, starts off with forgetting those things that are behind and then pressing forward to the mark. Uh, being fruitful as you move forward. So I hope that's a blessing to you. And until the next time, auf Wiederhören.